Hello, welcome to Truth For Today. I'm your teacher, Joe Franta. And uh, we have been going through the book of Ephesians, a crown jewel of the New Testament of the Apostle Paul that he, uh, he wrote while he was in prison in Rome. Uh, it was a letter that went to many churches, but it was addressed to the Ephesian church, a church at Ephesus. Tremendous church, tremendous work of the Spirit. Uh, everywhere God sent Paul, there was a major uh, work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in one place it said, these are the men that have turned the world upside down. So, you know, they were having quite an impact, quite a, uh, quite a influence on all these different regions in Paul's three missionary journeys. Churches were born, Bible schools were born, uh, many thousands of people came to Christ, and, uh, you know, it was just quite a move of the Holy Spirit wherever he went. So now we're going to get into where we left off in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. We got down to uh, verse 11, where it says, when he ascended on high... Uh, he gave gifts to men. And, uh, and these gifts are listed here in order in verse 11. And he gave some apostles. These are messengers or sent ones. They may be missionaries, but not totally relegated to missionaries necessarily, but these are people that have a powerful anointing and a powerful equipping uh, to build up the body of Christ and uh, bring revelation, knowledge to people's lives that will help them to enter into the call of God on their lives. First of all, to recognize the call. You know, you can never really walk in your calling unless you recognize it. And the only way you can recognize it is if God shows it to you by the Spirit. No man can call you into the ministry. It's not a matter of a man, uh, you know, prophesying over you that you're called. No, no. It's a matter of what God has put on the inside of you, what he has uh, placed on the inside of you. And if you have a call of God, on your life to the ministry, to one of these five ministry offices, <coughs> excuse me, you will not be happy doing anything else. And it will burn on the inside of you to walk in that place, that calling, that office that God has placed on the inside of you. These are all ministry offices. They're equipped with certain graces, giftings, and anointings. And uh, here it says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets. Those are inspired teachers and people that bring revelation and knowledge of prophetic things or of things, future events. But the body of Christ is not to be led by prophets. The Bible says, all those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. 
So in the New Testament, uh, we are to be led by the Spirit of God, not by a prophet. And I think you really need to pay heed to this because yes, we do honor all the offices that God has placed in the church. But we are to be led by the Holy Spirit, by the inward witness. And we're going to get into more of that as we go through this book, but it's so important that we know the Holy Spirit and we are able to be led and controlled by the Holy Spirit in our lives. Paul said in another book, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. The flesh is opposed to the Spirit and the Spirit to the flesh. And uh, we need to know how to overcome the flesh and the only way you can is to learn how to walk in the Spirit. And he gave some apostles and some, notice it's some in each case, some apostles, not everyone is an apostle, and some prophets, not everyone is a prophet. Every, every Christian can prophesy, but that doesn't mean they're a prophet and have a ministry office of a prophet. And some evangelists, these are on fire people, men, women, that really go out and throw the net, bring, the, bring people to Christ. And in my lifetime, I've been a Christian for a long time, 47 some years, I've seen many great evangelists, oh, Billy Graham and Mario Murillo, and oh, there's been some powerful evangelists in my lifetime. Stephen Hill, the great outpouring in Pensacola, and there are many, many others. Powerful evangelists that knew how to throw the net, and they're powerful evangelists today, and I don't have time to name them all, but they have normally big meetings, <clears throat> and they're, they have an anointing that draws people to Christ. They have an anointing that makes the gospel very clear, makes salvation clear, and uh, they draw people to Christ. They usually, many of them have charismatic personalities, and uh, many of them operate in certain spiritual gifts like the working of miracles and healings, the gift of faith. These are gifts that operate uh, through most evangelists. Now, uh, and then we have some pastors and teachers. Notice that pastors and teachers are kind of uh, mentioned together because that office, most pastors are teachers. Um, pastors and teachers, a pastor is a shepherd. A true shepherd is an extremely valuable office to the body of Christ. These are people that love God's people and lay down their lives every day to see them succeed in the Christian life. They are shepherds, the Bible says. They watch over the sheep and then they're also teachers and they instruct and teach. 
not only the Word of God, but life lessons to God's people by giving them uh, illustrations of their own experiences to show and to give guidance uh, in navigating life in general. So these are very important offices. Every one of them are essential to every person in the body of Christ. And I would add this, one is not above another. This, this is not a hierarchy of uh, positions. These are functions in the body of Christ. And I understand that, you know, people do have titles. I don't have a problem with that, but you know what? In a sense, it's not a title. It's a function. It's a place where people function in God's grace, God's giftings, uh, to produce results in people's lives for God. And so we should honor them, should honor our pastors and teachers, should honor those that God has placed uh, in our lives to instruct us, and we should help support them. I might add that. Because, you know, if you're taught the Word of God by a, a ministry office, a pastor, a teacher, uh, you should really help contribute to their support. It's very important because uh, the laborer, the Bible says, is worthy of their hire. And, you know, I have always in my life supported my pastor. And uh, I've tried to support other ministries in the body of Christ. Why? Because they need financial assistance to advance the kingdom. And so also I've been mightily blessed by uh, being a giver to other ministries. And you will be too. So I'm going to just go on here and go back, to, uh, go uh, on to verse 12. All these offices, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers, therefore the perfecting or the equipping of the saints. Do you know that as a believer you need to be equipped? You need to grow up into maturity in Christ so that you can fulfill all, not partially, not a measure, but you might fulfill all that God has called you to do. First of all, you need to have a hunger for everything God has for you. Sometimes people are just satisfied with salvation and they don't ever move much further on than that. But salvation is only the beginning of redemption. We move on into our giftings, our callings, God's plan, God's purpose. We move into our inheritance in Christ. We move into uh, every good work that God has ordained for us to walk in. It's amazing. He created us in Christ Jesus for good works which he ordained beforehand that we should walk in them. 
There's no busier person on the earth than the person serving Christ. I'll tell you that as a fact. In fact, God will, the people that do serve him, God will give them more and more opportunities and more and more doors will open and they'll be busy all the time. In fact, you'll have so much to do, you'll be running to keep up with God. But it won't wear you out. It'll build you up. It'll increase you. It'll expand you. It'll grow you up into who God has called you to be. So important. If you want to grow in Christ, just begin serving him in the local church. As you serve him, he'll expand you. He'll equip you to serve him more and more and you'll be promoted as you're faithful to the Lord. Okay. So all these ministry offices are for the perfecting or equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or building up of the body of Christ for this purpose. Till we all come, God wants everybody to grow, grow up, mature, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man or a mature man, that is in the Greek, a mature man or woman, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Those are some pretty big words, the fullness of Christ. But if Christ is in us, then certainly he can equip us to be all that he has called us to be. Each one of us has a part in God's plan. Some maybe have a bigger part, maybe a smaller part, whatever. It doesn't matter how large or the size of the part. What matters is, is that we fulfill our part. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, verse 13, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a mature man or woman, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, and the cunning craftiness, I'm sorry, with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Well, the King James, it's kind of hard to understand this with these archaic words in the King James, but what he's saying here is, we need to grow up in sound doctrine. We need to grow up with a solid foundation in our lives and not be moved around here and there by every wind of doctrine, every so-called new revelation that someone brings that may not be scriptural, 
You know, we need to keep it scriptural. Our, our teaching needs to be scriptural based upon the Word of God. Our revelation needs to be scriptural based on the Word of God. The foundation we lay in people's lives, it needs to be the anointed Word of God. Nothing will build the foundation of God in your life but the Word of God. In fact, the Word even says, there is only one foundation that the church is built on, and that is the foundation of Jesus Christ, who was the cornerstone. And it says that the church can be built on no other foundation but Christ. And he's referring to, of course, and including in that statement, the Word of God. Peter said the same thing. He said, pay attention to the word as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. In other words, Christ appears. This is so important. I could spend the rest of the podcast on just this. There are so many false teachings and false teachers that are parading around in the body of Christ. They give themselves titles, but they don't function in the offices of the titles that they give themselves. It's dangerous because, you know, and I love the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's nine gifts. And I love, I've operated in those gifts to either a large or small extent, but you know, the gifts of the Spirit are manifestations of God on the earth. But do you know that the Word of God is the revelation of God on the earth through history, through time, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. It is a, it is a sealed document. By sealed, I mean it is a document that has been tested, tried, and has proved to be accurate, truthful, factual, and has performed and proven itself. I can't tell you how much it's important to hold fast to the word of truth. Paul mentioned it numerous times, holding fast to the word of truth. And he mentioned numerous times in his epistles, especially in First and Second Timothy and Titus, about false teachers who were basing te uh, teachings on something other than the word of truth. 
And what happens when people receive false doctrines and false teachings that are not in line with the Word of God? That's how you keep your teaching true and your teaching accurate and correct is making sure that what you're teaching people is, first of all, out of the Word and secondly, in line with the Word. And if it's not, if you can't find it in the Word, stay away from it. And I will say this, the Word of God, Jesus said this, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. It says in the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm 119, verse 89, and I want to turn here, here because I, I want you to, I really want you to remember this scripture. In Psalm 119, let me turn there, and verse 89. And if you want to really develop a hunger for the word, just meditate in Psalm 119. It's, it's all about the Word of God. In Psalm 119, verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. God's Word is not going to change because God does not change, and God does not change His Word. Forever, O Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. Verse 90, Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. And then he goes on and talks more about the Word of God. The other thing about the Word of God that I want to mention is if someone is speaking by the Spirit of God or speaking uh, divine utterance, there's a verse that will give it God's stamp of approval. It's in Jeremiah chapter 23. And uh, it says, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that shatters a rock? If someone is speaking by the Spirit of God, look for the anointing. Look for the utterance of God coming out of their mouth. I remember Brother Hagin one of my teachers and mentors went to his school years ago. He would always say, get under the anointing and stay under it. And I believe that's very important, that you're in a church where your pastor, your teacher, your leader is anointed by God and knows how to bring forth the Word of God by demonstration of the Spirit and power under the anointing so that people can get the revelation of the Word. The Word is to be taught by the Spirit, and the Spirit is the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So it's very important that we have teachers in the Word of, in, in, in the Bible, teachers in the body of Christ today teachers of the Word of God, the Bible, that are inspired, anointed, appointed, 
chosen and called by God. They're not just giving you intellectual knowledge, but they're giving you revelation of God himself through the word, in the word. Okay, I'm going to go on here, back to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm pretty passionate about it because I've traveled in a lot of foreign countries where there were a lot of flaky teachings and people that called themselves whatever, prophets, but they were not prophets of God. And uh, it was not a good situation for the people there. And people had to come up and clean up after them and teach them sound doctrine. The whole book of Second, uh, First and Second Timothy talks about sound doctrine as well as the book of uh, Titus. And those were some of Paul's last epistles that he wrote. And you can see how concerned he was uh, about people having sound doctrine. He said, after his departure, savage wolves would come in, not sparing the flock, teaching things they shouldn't have been teaching to draw people unto them. You know, a true teacher of God is not going to draw people to them. A true teacher of the Bible, a, 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 someone appointed by God, someone called by God, anointed by God to bring forth the word and to deliver the word to God's people is never going to draw people unto himself. They're always going to draw people to God. That's their job. You know, John the Baptist said, in the height of his ministry, I must decrease, but he must increase. So, we are who are called into the ministry by the Spirit of God, not appointed by men, not called by men, not called by an organization, but called by God. Our aim is to bring people to God and to manifest God to his people. Okay. We got a few more minutes here. I hope you're enjoying this and I hope you're benefiting from it. And then it says that we henceforth, verse 14, be no more children tossed here and there and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and uh, deceitfulness and craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive God's people. And God talks about deceivers in 2 Timothy 3.13. But speaking the truth in love, here it is. Speaking the truth in love. You know, if someone is really a Bible teacher called of God, they're going to love you. They're not going to beat you up with the Word of God. They're going to love you, love on you. They're going to bring comfort to your life, your heart. They're going to bring uh, truth and revelation to your heart and mind. That's going to change you and transform you. They're not going to condemn you or, you know, 
control you, try to control your life. They're going to give you the freedom and liberty to be led and controlled by the Spirit of God. Every Christian needs liberty to be led and controlled by the Spirit of God themselves that, that they can know and understand that they can hear from God and they can be led by His Spirit. Verse 13, But speaking the truth in love may grow up, here it is again, may grow up into Him, Christ, in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. We're all a joint in the body. We're all a part of the body. We're all a member of the body. We may be an eye or an ear or hand or a foot, but we are part of the body. Together, we make up the body of Christ, from whom the whole body fitly or jointly framed together by that which every joint supplies. God needs your supply, too, in the body. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making, incre making increase of the body unto the edifying or building up of itself in love. I want to just say today in closing, just have a few seconds, you have a supply for the body of Christ and God needs your supply. Every supply is important. Thank you so much for listening to Truth For Today. I'm your teacher, Joe Franham. Hope you enjoyed another podcast. We love you and have a great day.